0: You are listening to Keystone's Stock Talk podcast, episode 24. This week, we'll start by discussing Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we'll take a question from a listener about Computer Modeling Group, CMG on the TSX, a software technology and consulting company servicing the oil and gas industry. We'll tell you whether or not in a depressed energy environment, whether it's a buy or sell. Our star of the week is from Keystone's active coverage and was one of our top US growth stock picks in 2017, Applied Opto Electronics, AAOI on the NASDAQ, a provider of fiber optic access network products for the internet database, cable broadband, fiber to home and telecom markets. The stock jumped 20% this past Friday after reporting stellar earnings and strong guidance moving forward. Our dog of the week is Resolute Forest Products, Inc. RFP on the TSX, which ended down 15% this past week. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Heastone's senior equity analyst and a father of one, and a man who, after last week's NHL draft lottery disaster, has officially dubbed that his Vancouver Canucks are cursed, Mr. Aaron Dunn.
1: Hello, Ryan. How are you today?
0: I'm excellent, excellent. And uh, again, I'd like to remind listeners that today, Aaron uh, if you can't catch it live, you can catch it in the archives. He'll be on uh, Money Talks on the Big Fat Idea section to chat with Michael uh, about, uh, among other things, about our upcoming seminars.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about the seminars, and I'm also going to talk about a company uh, on on the radio today. So it's uh, tune in for that for sure. It's uh, it's a great company. We've had it under coverage for about five years. Uh, fantastic business, um, very stable, long-term, defensible business model, but also a gross stock and paying an attractive dividend as well. So worth tuning into, absolutely.
0: And I'll remind listeners that those seminars are in Vancouver on May 23rd, Kamloops May 24th, Victoria May 25th, Edmonton May 30th, Calgary May 31st, and Toronto on June 1st. Uh, I think we're going to start this week by talking about uh, Buffett's annual meeting. Uh, This week marks the annual date when thousands of Warren Buffett's disciples make their pilgrimage to Nebraska to spend money on ice cream, cherry Cokes, candy, diamonds, and doodads, while also taking the opportunity to listen to the Oracle of Omaha and his faithful sidekick, Charlie Munger. They wax poetic on all things investment related for hours on end. Now the Berkshire Hathaway meeting festivities really get underway on Saturday, which is today. And uh, this is with a six hour question and answer marathon for shareholders, uh, albeit with a break for lunch. Like last year, which was the first time they've done this, the whole thing will be live streamed on Yahoo Finance beginning at around 10 a.m. Eastern. So a couple of topics that we think that they are likely to touch on there um, is the first would be, is it time to make a deal for Berkshire? They've got around, the company has around 90 billion in cash sitting on the books, and there's growing anticipation that Buffett and company are poised to make a blockbuster acquisition. Um, After all, Buffett has long noted that given Berkshire's immense size, it takes ever larger transactions to make... move the needle in terms of investment performance. Uh, Buffett was also on CNBC recently quoted saying that he hates cash, but he's lamented the fact that low interest rates make it very difficult for uh, because others are ready to buy with borrowed money and the borrowed money right now is so cheap. So he's finding it difficult to employ that capital, so likely that will be a topic that they're going to talk about. They're also probably gonna look at politics. Uh, Buffett campaigned for Hillary Clinton and neither he nor Munger had not, really nothing nice to say about Donald Trump in the run up to the election. At last year's annual meeting, Buffett was asked if his vocal support for Clinton could come back to hurt Berkshire if Trump won the presidency. Buffett quipped that if Trump won, uh, the impact on Berkshire's portfolio won't be the main problem. He also went on. And I
1: wonder what he, I wonder what he was thinking when he said that okay. yeah. because, because Warren is, is typically, and I think he's remaining this, he, he he's, he's standing fast to this mentality that he's, he's always an optimist. He's always an optimist about the U S economy. Usually always, unless we're in the middle of the tech bubble, um, usually always has something good to say about the, the economy long term and the, the, the innovation coming out of that, uh, that country. So I, I'm, I'd be curious to know exactly what he was what he was thinking there. I've certainly got some ideas of my own, but uh, it, it'd be curious to hear a little more from him on that. Although, with Trump actually in the White House, he might not want to he might, might not want to be too vocal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he'll. Uh, I mean, I, he did go on in the, in that same last year in the same meeting to say that he expected Berkshire to be fine. Regardless of who won the election, ever the optimist, you'd expect him to do that. But um, you know, I think he'll, I think he'll probably come along and come out along those same lines, say that Berkshire will do well, uh, regardless of who is in power, long term. But it should be interesting to to hear what he has to say. And uh, you know, l- like I said, you can stream that live on Yahoo Finance uh, and take a listen to. Um, one of the greatest investors of all time and his thoughts going forward uh, on the U.S. economy and uh, his investments uh, going forward. So I mean, it should be very interesting. We, it's a recommended listen uh, if you can. But
1: 40,000 40, people usually show up. Yeah, it's
0: unbelievable.
1: It really mm-hmm. is. It's like, a, it's like a big rock concert. Yeah.
0: Oh, crazy. With a bunch of finance geeks. So it's, it really gets out of hand, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure it's good fun. <laughs>
0: So we're gonna we're gonna take first here to start off the show uh, is a listener question uh, on Computer Modeling Group is it a good buy now? One of our listeners from from uh, Vancouver actually asked. Uh, now, Computer Modeling Group, what do they do? They're a software company. Symbol is CMG on the TSX. is a software technology and consulting company servicing the oil and gas sector. They've been recognized. Uh, by oil and gas companies worldwide as a leading developer of of the reservoir modeling software. Uh, They have sales and technical support services based in Calgary, Houston, London, Dubai, Bogota, and Kuala Lumpur. So this company is involved in around 60 countries around the world in the energy segment. With recent developments we've looked at from the company, reductions in budgets and activity levels by computer modeling energy customers have affected the utilization of the company's software, resulting in lower revenue. Therefore, the company is continuing to take very prudent measures, such as suspending employee recruitment and reducing discretionary spending to control cost. Total revenue in its last quarter was down around 12% compared to the same period of the prior year. Uh, This decrease uh, is due to both software license, revenue, and professional services. EBITDA, or earnings before interest, uh, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, was down 14% in the last quarter. So our take on this company is we consider computer modeling to be a well-run business with solid balance sheet uh, and what we would consider best-in-class software. Despite the decline in the company's share price, Uh, in a severely depressed energy market. The company continues to trade at relatively high valuations. Uh, Computer modeling has historically traded a significant premium due to its solid dividend, quality client list, and well thought of software. Now the case here could be made that as producers can continue to look for ways to operate efficiently in a low price environment, they will continue to seek reservoir stimulation solutions to enhance production from their existing and new assets. As computer modeling provides some of the most advanced resource simulation stimulation um, tools to assist companies with their reservoir planning, management, and uh, it's simulation, sorry, management and optimization uh, products. The, the company is reasonably well positioned at present. However, for us, the equation is really very simple. Less cash flow for its clients leads to less spending overall. And zero to negative growth for computer modeling near to midterm. And we've seen that in the most recent quarters. We expect to see that at least over 2017. So while we see a strong business at present, it remains trading at levels that make the risk to reward profile too great. Uh, Unless oil price and the oil price moves sharply near term to, say, above $65 US and sustains those levels. We would just monitor the stock at this point uh, and, and look for a potential entry point if, in fact, oil moves higher. We'd always rate this company with a bit of a speculative edge because of the fact that it's so tied to the energy sector. The balance sheet does remain excellent with $56 million in the bank and no debt. Uh, but at these levels, we'd take a pass and, and, and wait for a more sustained uptick in, the, in, in energy prices to be a buyer.
1: One thing you, you often see in companies like this, because it is it, it I've been following this company for a while and back when when, when oil prices were higher, it, it was a very highly valued stock. I think around thirty times cash flow and yes. it, it obviously it it, it has a, it has a solid technology that it's able to provide to its its clients it's just it's so focused in one in one industry oil and gas that that is obviously cyclical but sometimes what you will see with these businesses is that they will when they're in a situation like this where their main industry starts to decline they'll try and leverage their technology and, and, and adopt and adapt it for other industries as well so I haven't heard anything about that being the plan for for this company, but it'd be it'd be interesting to see if they if they tried to do something like that.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, um, I'm not sure if it will apply to any other industries, but uh, at this stage, uh, suffice it to say uh, we're monitoring it and we'll look uh, for a potential entry point again, with that spec moniker, speculative moniker that we put on it because it is highly tied to a, a commodity. And it's, uh, prices in, in any commodity are vol- volatile over a uh, weekly to annual to, to anything longer than that period. Now we're going to look at our Dog of the Week, and I'm going to let Aaron take that over. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's
1: Dog. Sure. So the dog of the week, this is a company that is currently being impacted by some of the rhetoric that's that's going on between Canada and the U.S. right now um, with respect to trade and the lumber industry. So this is Resolute Forest Products. The symbol is RFP. It was down 15% this week. Uh, they're a Quebec-based paper and lumber producer, um, and they reported that they are expecting to have to cut jobs soon as they face U.S. trade actions on two fronts. So a quote from the CEO Richard Garneau, on Thursday in an interview, when he disclosed weak uh, first quarter results, he said that 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 job losses are are it is unavoidable. His quote was, "It is unavoidable, in my opinion, because of the disruption disruption in the market." And by disruption, he is he is speaking about the 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 uh, duties that uh, proposed duties on for the lumber industry. So the company has deposited forty three million dollars with the U.S. Department of Commerce. Uh, for duties that are um, owed uh, since uh, November 2015 on exp- imports of paper, which is mainly used in magazines, catalogs, uh, advertising inserts, and whatnot. Um, the annual cost of duties is about $25 million, and it expects to pay $17 million US this year and $50 million annually for countervailing lumber duties. So Garneau said fighting both trade actions has been very disruptive to, disruptive to the company. Um, they face uh, 12.8% preliminary duty for lumber, less than the 19.9% retroactive duties applied to other Quebec and Ontario producers. So, looking at the quarterly results in the latest financial report, first quarter results, Resolute said that it lost $47 million or 52 cents per share. Uh, this is compared to a loss of $8 million or 9 cents per share a year, a year ago. On an adjusted basis, the loss was $30 million or 33 cents per share. Which is well short of the eight cents per share in profit that was forecast by analysts a year ago. Adjusted losses were were twenty two million or twenty five cents per share, and and sales in the first, first quarter were also down one percent, eight hundred and seventy two million. So clearly, this is a situation where you you have a company that is that is battling a lot of adversity here. There's there's regulatory issues that they're facing. They're not profitable right now. They're not meeting analyst expectations. Uh, sales are declining. Uh, not only one percent in the quarter, but they are moving in in the in the wrong direction. And for such a low margin style business like this, even a one percent drop in revenues can have a, a major impact to the bottom line. So this is definitely a dog of the week, and it's not something that we would be touching um, anytime soon.
0: I'd agree. Um, uh, it's it's got a couple things that really do not attract us to it: the commodity based uh, business. Uh, which always has a speculative angle to it, plus the uh, imposed duties uh, really make it uh, a company that we are not comfortable investing in at this stage. So We're going to move to our star of the week. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. (laughs) that comes from our U.S. growth stock coverage, uh, two times, twice in a row here, we've come with companies that are actually just in our coverage or coming out of our coverage. This week it's Applied Optoelectronics, AAOI on the NASDAQ, this is a company that we recommended as a buy uh, back in April of 2016, just uh, over a year ago, the stock was trading at 15.99 dollars 99 We're happy to report the current price that it closed at on Friday is $55.96. The company is a leading provider of fiber optic access network products for the internet data market, data center market, cable broadband, fiber to home, and telecom markets. Company shares jumped nearly 20% on Friday alone to the $55.96 point after the company announced stellar earnings and strong guidance going forward. So why uh, such strong earnings and strong guidance going forward? Well, the, we'll look into that in a second. The company first, uh, its first quarter, they, they came in with revenues that were up 91% to 96.2 million. Uh, and the cable broadband revenues rose 90% to 13.1 million, which added a little kick to the quarter, but it's really the data center revenue, which jumped 104% to around 80 million. Uh, tremendous growth here. That is uh, 83% of its revenues come from the internet data center market uh, through customers such as Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. Unsatiable des- demand here for. Uh, data centers is driving the growth. Now non-GAAP earnings per share came in at $1.10, up from a loss in the same period last year of $0.04 per share. Uh, And they were around $0.12 better than the revised upward guidance from analysts uh, that were just pulled ahead of the earnings release. Now, uh, gross margins were up to 43.2% from 28 in the same period last year. Uh, so higher margins fatter gross or higher revenue fatter gross margins and slow and a slow increase in operating expenses led to the surge in the bottom line so the outlook which we're always looking at what the market is always looking at for a company going forward the company expects to produce Q2 or second quarter revenues of between 106 million and 112 million uh, that is up from the the Sorry, the about the ninety six million mark that they just reported in this last quarter, uh, gross margins should be in the same range that uh, uh, that we just saw reported there, forty two and a half percent, and net income is is to be in the range of twenty two point two or twenty four million. So that's a dollar nine or a dollar nineteen per share. Uh, that's assuming an in t- income tax rate of around twenty point five percent. That's tremendous growth in terms of earnings as well. So it's no surprise that investors bid up the stock strongly on Friday. So the 20% jump this Friday and the 250% gain since our recommendation just over a year ago make Applied Optoelectronics AAOI on the NASDAQ, our big star of the week. Now you'll have to become a client to our U.S. growth stock research to get our latest buy, sell, and hold advice on the stock. But again, this is
1: company is our star of the week. And this is an interesting situation that that investors are in right now because you have a company that has performed so amazingly over the past year, as you said, a two hundred and fifty percent gain since our recommendation just over a year ago. And investors really after they're they're looking at it now, they're wondering, well, what what are we going to do? Because you you've got you have all this return, but at the same time, you have such a positive outlook going forward and strong earnings growth, and not not a bad valuation. So it's balancing off the sustainability of that earnings growth with the current valuation, and and that's essentially what we're doing is is it is it, it's 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 finding the balance between, you know, taking profits on a company that you've you've done extraordinarily well with, and staying with a company that that has that it, that is continuing to perform well. It's 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 a balance between those two those two uh those two points so that's what uh in our decision on that will will be will be in the report that we send out to our clients
0: yeah and it is a careful balancing act that you you always have to look at when we're looking at any company and uh, like we say uh, a few weeks ago we got into the decision to you know the sell decision that you make on a stock so it's not just your buy it's one of the most important decisions is when you choose to to sell a stock and there's and it's not a exact science you have to weigh a number of factors and again that's what we do when we come out with a sell report on any given company uh again it's it's something that our our clients will get on uh, aaoi uh, next week so we'd like to thank listeners for listening again this week i'd like to thank aaron for co-hosting with me again uh you can add us to your favorite rss feed or on itunes or on Twitter at Keystocks, and on Facebook. And uh, again, we'd like to say to all our listeners out there, we wish you
1: profitable investing. Profitable investing. Thank you.